baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Hey, welcome back into the Mark Cox Morning Show. I wish you could uh, hear some of the conversation uh, between the commercial breaks here uh, on the morning show, but uh, that's not always the case. We're talking about hallow shall. Um, Wait, uh, what? Sh- shallow hal. A minute again. When I walk back what in the studio, I'm like, say? why are we talking about shallow hal? I like I like hallow shall. Because we hallow, were playing shallow. Hurdle, and the 70s Hurdle today <laughs> yeah. is a song that uh, is in shallow Oh, hell. I see. Can you play okay. it, Carl? I, just, I can. I, I, I just missed that. He, he always asks me, do you know the song? Where did you hear it? And so I said, the movie with the, the guy with the tail. And I, I couldn't remember what it was. Jack Black. In Gwyneth yeah, Paltrow. Yeah. Yeah. In Hallow Shall. Hallow Shall. I don't know. <laughs> Words are hard. I don't know. Words then, are difficult. And then she sometimes. starts to sing it. And I said, how do you know Edison Lighthouse? Okay, first of all, I love oldies songs. Now, oldies for you guys maybe are the songs you grew up with. <laughs> Song is it's not an oldie to her. She saw it in the movie. So there you go. That's good. All right. We're uh, we're glad you're back with us. We've been uh, covering a lot of stuff this morning. This this Epstein list, which has been less than explosive so far. We keep waiting for more details to come out on that. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Eric Burleson here at the bottom of the hour about border funding, uh, about this new Freedom Caucus that's being put together uh, here in the state of Missouri, because, of course, he served in the legislature for a long time. And we just got back from Jeff City yesterday. So uh, we got some thoughts on that. We'll get to we got our giveaway for the Cardinal uh, winter warm up. We're going to do this hour as well. I promise uh, we will get to that. But first, let's Mark, get to the first sh- short uh, car. What's Lisa wrong? wants to know where you got your shirt. Oh, uh, Facebook somewhere. <laughs> I was. Oh my god! You like this? It, it's 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 a pro-Israel, uh, anti-Hamas T-shirt, and uh, I got to be honest with you. I saw the ad one day. I'm like, I would love to to have that shirt. It expresses that we are brothers in arms with Israel. I like the um, shirt, but you are like you are the absolute target audience for Facebook know, ads because you give in to like, them a lot. I like that shirt. When in doubt, it, assume Mark got it on Facebook. It doesn't have, it doesn't <laughs> drop any F-bombs or anything like some of the ones I've seen. I'll be able to wear that at work. And uh, I bought it and it came in and here you go. I apologize. I can't tell you the name of the company I bought it from. Sorry. Just type in those words. Uh, yeah, just uh, type in uh, Brothers in Arms and I'm sure it'll pop up somewhere. Uh, Crush Hamas, it says on it at the bottom and it's got a couple of uh, really cool uh, sport, uh, sporting rifles on it, if you can see those. I found it. I'll, uh, hmm. If I can send it to you guys, oh. you can post a link okay. to it. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, you too, can, you too can wear that uh, shirt, just like Mark. Be cool like Mark. Let's get to the shortlist card. The Mark Cox shortlist. What? Do you condemn white supremacy and white nationalism? I mean, what this guy, who are you with? Which, which, Washington, it's Washington Post. All right, so potato, potato. Okay. Yeah. Here, here's my wish list. I want Donald Trump to get reelected president, and I want him to name Vivek Ramaswamy as White House spokesperson. That's what I want. 
We don't need to talk about them as criminals. They're not. They're families that want a better life, and they're desperate to get here. That is not the 2024 version of Nikki Haley. That is the 2015 version when, when there was a gentler and softer Nikki Haley. Just so you know the difference. The different agencies who are involved are certainly making sure that we we get to a place that where Americans are able to vote freely on in Ooh, November. Oh, do you trust a KGP when she talks about your voting rights? You shouldn't. I'm just saying. Twenty twenty three, there were one hundred and fifty eight. That is a twenty one percent drop. Shootings also dropped. There were five hundred and fifty in twenty twenty three. That is a twenty four percent drop from twenty twenty two when seven hundred and twenty two shootings were reported in the city. <laughs> uh, Channel four um, has certainly bought into the big story that's being pushed right now by city officials in the city that crime has dropped. Now, of course, that's a. That's a short-term perspective. All of the statistics are being compared to last year, not two or three years ago, or the records we set in the not-too-distant past when it came to murders. Um, But what do you think about that? Interestingly enough, the St. Louis Post-Disgrace Editorial Board is taking issue with what St. Louis police are reporting. Uh, I think I sent you this story yesterday, uh, Kim, and their their news reporters are not. Their news reporters seem to be swallowing hook, line, and sinker the the company line from Mayor Tish that, well, look what we've done. We've improved crime statistics. The question here is, are we seeing all of the crime statistics? Apparently, from what I can tell, the Post-Dispatch has the same problem Kim St. Ange is having with the city of St. Louis because they file a freedom of information request for these numbers and they continually get excuses as to why that information can't be provided. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. In terms of sunshine requests. Because if they don't want you to have the information, they just find another excuse not to release it. So this is the question the the editorial board uh, put out. Uh, Here's the deal. Is the St. Louis City government so technologically inept it can no longer provide the detailed crime data it used to and that other local governments still do? Or is the city hiding behind that excuse to prevent the public from getting a full accounting of the current crime situation? The answer is inescapably one of the two, and there are troubling indications it's the latter that they're hiding behind it as an excuse to keep the public from getting all the crime data. What they're doing here is calling into question the reporting you just heard from Corey Stark over there at Channel 4 about the the fact that the numbers are down. I can tell you one person is uh, Jane Duker, who's taken a, a, a big issue with this because there's a question as to how these statistics are reported to the uniform crime reporting of the FBI requires every year. And and it appears to me that it's a it's a semantics issue, Kim, from what I can tell. I've checked with a couple of my friends who are St. Louis City uh, officers. And they tell me that <coughs> apparently if the categories are different, 
the city won't report a crime to the FBI crime statistics uh, reporting. Does it, does that make sense? Like, for example, if if the statute in the city of St. Louis or the state of Missouri is different than the one they're using nationally, they don't end up they don't end up reporting that. What would be an example of a crime that would fit in that category? Well, uh, the example I was given is that, let's say, for example, somebody drives by and shoots into a house. Uh, the Uniform Crime Reporting would call that, excuse me, that's something in my throat, would call that an aggravated assault. Um, and they don't call it that uh, in, in the city. They 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 call it like a, a shooting into a house. That That's kind of what they call it. it uh, UUW is, is the, the weapons crime that's included there. That's different than how the uniform crime statistics would report it. Um, so that inherently doesn't get reported as a serious a crime as the uniform crime statistics. So so in other words, it, that's not getting re- that's not getting reported as an aggravated assault when somebody shoots into a house or, or an attempted murder, uh, which is what it is in the UCR, because other states consider it an attempted murder if you fire a bullet into a house. Hmm. The city yeah, doesn't. The city doesn't report it that way. I'm sure it's more difficult than I'm thinking to to change that to make it uniform. But I mean, that's going to be a, just an ongoing issue if if something's not changed. But but, right? but he, you're right. But but here's how uh, here's my interpretation of this: that whatever change the city made, they made about three years ago. They still had higher numbers last year than they had this year. So I I don't know how far it goes in terms of whether or not it's intentional. I'm told they have a they 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 have a they bought an a, an inexpensive program to to track some of these crimes and it's not always possible to 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 fully describe what the crime was and I mean, maybe that's why the reporting is different than than what we've seen in the past. Um, regardless, Jane Duker's been very critical of the way the city reports these crimes. We're going to get her on here at about eight thirty-five. Uh, to explain in her own words what her issue is with how the city is reporting these crimes, particularly to the feds, and how that reflects on these numbers. We'll get to that for you. Coming up, we got uh, former Senator Jim Talent, then Congressman Eric Burleson is going to join us, and we will uh, give away some tickets to to the uh, winter warm-up for the Cardinals as well this hour. You're listening to the Mark Cox Morning Show. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Absolutely. The president has confidence in the secretary. I think, and, and I've, I've said this moments ago, I said it at the top as well. We believe that um, what they're doing, the House Republicans are doing uh, with this imp- impeachment inquiry is baseless. Uh, we believe that uh, it's a political stunt and, and we believe there's not there's no time for that right now. Senator Jim Talent uh, on the air with us right now. Jim, Happy New Year to you. 
And the same to you. Good to have you back. You know, I played that bite from Corinne Jean-Pierre there off the top because uh, the Republicans are trying to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. And I see this story yesterday on the Daily Signal from Heritage. The December border encounters alone could fill the Michigan football stadium nearly three times. I mean, when you look at it that way and put, and you just look at a picture of the Michigan football stadium, which is the biggest in the country, that, that kind of gives people an idea of how many people entered this country just in the month of December alone. Yeah, it's setting new records and not in a good way. And at the same time as they're doing this, they're completely unprepared for it. I mean, look, and this may seem like an arcane point to your listeners, but I'll do it anyway. That's not good radio, okay? <laughs> but if you're if you were if you had a policy of letting in, I think it was eight million people last year is the number I saw. Wouldn't you say to yourself, well, you know, we have to have a plan for how to deal with those people, right? I mean, if you were going to do it, wouldn't you say, well? You know, what, what, where are they going to live? What are they going to do? They have no plan whatsoever. The Europeans did the same thing a few years ago. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting old, so her name escapes me. The woman who ran uh, Germany for, into the yeah, ground uh, for a dozen years. Angela Merkel? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Angela Merkel. I, I like the German pronunciation. Angela. Angela. <laughs> I mean, she just decides to let all these people in, and there are no plans for what you're going to do with it. So naturally, these. <laughs> These big city mayors, now they're having to take in a few thousand of them. They're going nuts because it's very, very expensive and there's no room. And so I just, the whole thing has been insane. It's almost a clinical definition of insanity. And so they say it's a political stunt because they're pointing out the disastrous consequences of this completely insane policy. And it's not a political, I mean, I, you know, I, I was just sitting here watching this and saying, I, I, don't, I, I don't understand at all what the logic is behind this from a policy or political standpoint, what the administration is doing. So it's a huge own goal, uh, but they're doing this in a lot of areas. And, you know, we've talked about it on the show many times. I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible. There's a reason his poll numbers are what, like 34% something like this. CBS had an exclusive interview with Mike Johnson, the speaker yesterday. And they're like, but the president says if you just give him fourteen billion more dollars, he could hire more border agents. And Johnson Johnson's reply was perfect. He goes, throwing more money at a broken system doesn't fix it. You've got to stop this outrageous asylum system we have, where you let everybody in and just decide, well, we'll see you in court seven years from now. Right, which is what the Trump administration managed to do. It took them about 18 months. But what they did was, I mean, there's a couple of key aspects of their policy, but one of, remember the Remain in Mexico policy, which Biden immediately dismantled? What that was, was, look, we're going to adjudicate, we're going to set up, and he got the agreement of the Mexican government to do this, we're going to set up centers on the Mexican side of the border, and we're going to adjudicate the asylum claims there. Well, 98% of these claims are completely baseless. Yeah. And so the people never got in the country, okay? So they would sit in these centers, and, and then they also expedited the consideration of it. And since it was no longer possible to just walk over the border and get in the country, they stopped coming. <laughs> 
Okay, is that does that seem illogical to you, Mark, or does that seem no, like common sense? No, it, it, it's it's what's got to happen. I mean, they they've absolutely got to figure this out. Now they're suing the governor in Texas because he's trying to do something to control it in his border state. I mean, I, I just don't know where this is. this doesn't end well. Yeah, they they won't they won't enforce the border, and they don't want the governors to do it either. And then they say, well. When anybody points this out, it's uh, it's it's Republicans pouncing. Well, you know, you don't really have to point it out. It's I mean, it's good that they're doing it, but it's it's obvious to everybody. And by the way, if you're seeking asylum, if you're really fleeing persecution, you normally will stop in the first country that will take you. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't you don't walk through 15 countries to try and get to the United States. You, you'll stop in a different country. And then if you want to immigrate to the United States, you'll try and immigrate from there, right? We do have consulates there, and, you know, you can do it. But, no, they want to come to the United States, which I understand. But we can't just, we can't just take everybody. Still trying to get to the shining city on a hill is what, the, what they're trying to do, Jim. We understand it for sure. Uh, we just got to vote properly in November so we can fix the problem. Hey, I appreciate, uh, appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. Former uh, Senator Jim Talent there uh, joining us this morning uh, to talk more about this. And, yeah, uh, here's it's it's pretty simple. The Republicans were down there on the border yesterday. I'm not sure you needed that dog and pony show other than to point out how ridiculously long it's taking to get the administration and Chuck Schumer on board with fixing the problem. 300,000 people broke into our country in the, the month of December alone. It's it's just outrageous. It really is. Coming up, we'll talk to Congressman Eric Burleson. Stay tuned. Been to the border dozens of times. If I go down there, I'm going down to meet one-on-one with people to really get an insight from what they're doing. I don't need one of these dog and pony shows from the Border Patrol and then go out with cameras. Wow, that's Chip Roy. He's a Republican, but uh, he's not real happy with the fact that a contingent of Republican Congress members went to the border yesterday to once again, point out what's wrong down there. We've got uh, Congressman Eric Burleson joining us this morning from Missouri's 7th Congressional District. And Eric, welcome back. How are you? Hey, Mark. Good morning. Good morning to you. You you didn't take the trip down to the border. What uh, did, are you? Did, did you miss that? Did you decide not to go? No, and I'm friends with Chip Roy, and I know exactly what he's saying because I feel the same way. The I've, We've already been to the border. Uh, I think it's and Schiff has said the same thing, you know, for those people that haven't got, gotten to the border yet, this is a good opportunity for them to finally see it for themselves. Hopefully that starts motivating them. But for he and I, we don't need any more motivation. We don't need any more press conferences or anything like that. We just want to actually, you know, roll up our sleeves and get the job done. It's time to stop. Uh, it's, it's time to take action. Yeah, is, is where we're at. I, I agree with you. I mean, the, the the solution. I was talking to Jim Talent about it a minute ago. The solution seems so simple. If you just correct the asylum regulations, so that not just anybody can walk in and claim asylum, they have to legitimately be in fear of their life and can prove it. Uh, you don't let them in, and that cuts the number of people coming in by probably seventy percent or more. Right now, I think that. Um I, I think it will, and it would under a noble administration, you know, under a Donald Trump administration, it probably would have given him all the tools that he needed to completely shut down the border. But I don't know that I trust that fixing the asylum part alone will be a fix when it comes to this administration, because Joe Biden has demonstrated 
that he doesn't care what the law says anyway. He's going to he's, he's going to direct them to not enforce the law. Yeah. So which is why I think we need the remaining provisions of H.R. 2, which which um, basically force the administration to to actually enforce the law. Congressman, this is Kim, and I agree there's a lot of issues that need to be addressed there at the border. But whatever happened, remember in October, the Biden administration came out and said, we're basically forced to continue with the border wall. Not that they were going to build the whole thing, but wasn't it like 20 miles or something that they were having to build? I, I, I Yeah, something like that. But what, uh, there may, it may have been a portion that they, that they couldn't sell, that they had to, they had to use to build. Yeah. But it's been clear that this administration isn't, advancing the border wall they're not trying to build more it for you know i think for dumb reasons i think that democrats have labeled the border wall solution as a trump solution even though it, it was being built under barack obama and previous administrations it's not a republican solution or democrat solution but yet they don't want to let donald trump you know the the angry orange man get a win on this so mm-hmm. they're going to be obstinate here and they're not they don't want to build any more border wall. Yeah. Congressman Eric Burleson, our guest this morning. I spent yesterday in Jeff City yesterday morning for the opening of the legislative session, had a chance to talk to Governor Parson. One of the questions we asked him was about this plan to bring maybe Gaza refugees over here or bring more uh, illegals from Chicago where they're overcrowded to Missouri. And basically his argument is, I don't have any control over that. That's completely handled by the federal government. Do you think states should have more control over that? They absolutely should. And that's why um, one of the solutions that I think corrects the border wall issue is the Josh Hawley solution. And I'm the sponsor of it on the House side. It is the, it's called the State Border Defense Act. It's, uh, it's, I think it's H.R. 6074 on the House side. And it's, it, does, it basically lets Governor Parson or any governor, any legislature in any state, enforce the laws on the books when it comes to immigration. So if there were people that the governor knew at the highway patrol or the sheriff knew were illegally operating in in a particular county, they could not only arrest them, but they could deport them. They would have the full authority of the federal government when it comes to immigration laws. And that's, I think that's one of the solutions that I want to see happen. I know that that's not in HR2, but I've been advocating for that because I think, again, going back, and no matter how good the laws are, this administration has demonstrated they have no willingness to support, to enforce the law. So if they're not going to enforce it, at least let the states enforce it. Well, I sure. hope I hope that goes through. But even if it didn't, why couldn't Parson have just put out some strongly worded statement saying, essentially, we don't want them here. We don't support these Palestinian refugees coming to Missouri. Yeah, I, I think that his his he could have had a stronger statement in that regard. Um, I don't think that he's incorrect in that. Um, as of right now, for example, Joe Biden is suing Governor Greg Abbott mm-hmm. for for the for the bill that they just passed to try to enforce immigration laws, which which says two things. One, Governor you know, Governor Parson is right in in one regard. There is a fight between the federal government and the states. And two, Joe Biden is speaking out of both sides of his mouth, and he's not being sincere to the American people when he says that he wants to have a border solution. Well, when he's willing to dedicate his resources to sue the governor of Texas and the people of Texas to stop them from enforcing the law that Joe Biden won't enforce. Yes. 
Yeah, it's a good point. Congressman Eric Burleson, our guest. You know, you served in the Missouri legislature for many years before going to Congress. I was down there yesterday. I talked to Bill Igel, for example, and Andrew Koenig. I know they're part of this Missouri Freedom Caucus uh, that you're supporting. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, obviously, you've you've worked in those confines down there, and you know that oftentimes the people in power talk a good game about being conservatives, but it doesn't translate into what gets done during the session. Yeah, it's so true, Mark. And, and I, and I, whether it's on the federal level or the state level, I was so sometimes disappointed and uninspired by my colleagues. Um, when you, when you get on the campaign trail, everyone sounds great. Um, but whenever you get actually in the, in the building and the lobbyists start talking to people, people succumb to power they succumb to influence and really this kind of group think mentality that happens in Jefferson city. And you need clarity at those moments. You need people that are educated. You need to, you need to like return to your core principles and stick to them. And sometimes that's harder to, to say than it is, or it's easier to say than it is to do, which is why when I was in the house, myself, Andrew Koenig, Paul Kurtman, um, others, we created what was called the, the conservative caucus. And that caucus operated in a way where we, we educated each other. We kind of held each other accountable for our votes. And we would, and we would bring in principled thought leaders, um, economists, people from different think tanks to try to educate us. Because most lawmakers in Jefferson City, they were farmers before, insurance agents or, or lawyers. They, they never thought about political philosophy until they actually stepped in the halls of the building. And they need that kind of stuff. So um, I feel like I feel like a group like the Freedom Caucus, the Conservative Caucus, these are good groups for lawmakers to be a part of because it it helps them keep to their core principles. Yeah, and and hopefully that's a group of people that will go out and try to get more people elected who are going to stand up for what they believe in. That's right, and you know, and also work as a core because. You need a voice. Sometimes when you've got things in a, in the building that are moving through and that are that everybody knows is not a conservative principle, but they're able to get away with it because the people back home don't they don't know about it. They don't they're not they're not paying attention to everything that's happening. Yeah. And you need a group like the like the Freedom Caucus to raise the alarm and bring attention to the fact that what that they're pa- trying to pass something that shouldn't, or raise an alarm and say. We're not this administration or this conference isn't willing to do the tough things and pass pass the measures that the people back home want us to pass. Yep. Like initiative petition reform and so many other things that should have been passed last year for sure. Uh, Congressman, listen, I appreciate uh, you giving us some time this morning and thank you for supporting that Freedom Caucus as well. Yeah, I will be there tomorrow. The, there, I think that it's open to the public. There's an event that's happening um and and I'll be there to uh, for the announcement, and then there's a lunch following. Um, I'll try to get you guys the details. Very good. Yep, I think I've, I think I do have that uh, in my email here. So I appreciate that, uh, Congressman. We'll talk to you soon, sir. Thank you. Happy New Year. Thank you, Mark. Absolutely. Good to get uh, him on here. Yeah, I'll have to find out whether or not I know it's part of the, what they're doing tomorrow is a uh, is a fundraiser. So um, I'll try to find out if it's open to the public, and if it is, I'll. Uh, try to give you some of the details here because um, I don't want to send people somewhere if I, if I don't know for sure that it was an invitation only.
So I got, I got to double I got to double check that before I uh, publicize it here. Coming up, uh, we have got Shannon Bream, host of Fox News Sunday, talk more about these court cases now, these appeals pending before the Supreme Court. And Jane Duker is going to join us in the next hour to talk about these St. Louis crime statistics. Mayor Tashara Jones says, oh, look, they're down. What we're doing worked. And Jane says we're not seeing the true numbers. So we're going to talk to her at about 835. Stay tuned. Yeah, that is kind of hard to hear, but that was your president saying they ought to give me the money I need to protect the border. You think the 300,000 people that came in last month uh, are going to stop coming because we give him another $14 billion to provide services for them? No. No, we, we don't need to do that. Kim, you're going to get a kick out of this. Um, I started on the uh, weekend here at 97.1 in 2010. I started my show. And at the time, uh, my, my father-in-law was still with us. Uh, he passed away in 2011. And he used to call into my show in the evenings uh, occasionally. And he was a St. Louis County police officer, oh. right? And, and when he started his career, he was a St. Louis City police officer. Hmm. And he would tell me uh, stories all the time about going to sh- calls for shots fired at Pruitt Igo. And on the way up the elevator to the call on whatever floor it was on, they'd hear more shots fired. And they weren't allowed to go to the other shots fired. They just had to call them in and have more police oh come over gosh. to the housing project, right? So he would tell me all these all these stories about what policing was like back then. And one of the most amazing stories he ever told me, and he told it on my radio show live one night uh, at my request. And I, I wish, I wish I had the tape. I don't, I don't know how I'd go back and find it at this point, but he, he described the fact that when they would start their shift and they'd go into muster, there was a time when customs and border patrol would pay a local police officer, a bounty if they found an illegal alien uh, on their patrol while on patrol, they found somebody who was clearly undocumented and shouldn't have been in this country and turned them over to ice or whatever they called it at the time. Wow. The officers could receive a bounty. So they had a competition among themselves uh, each on each shift to see if anybody could, could, could get the bounty that night. Did they often find them? Oh yeah. Wow. And, you, of course, you knew where to look, I'm sure, and within the, within the, the, the community. Often there are clusters of areas where you know people are, are gathering. It just depends on what, what area you're in, I'm sure. But, I mean, what a common-sense way to clean up this problem. So when Donald Trump gets reelected and it's time to round up all of these illegal aliens who've broken into our country and violated the sovereignty of our country, let's just reinstitute the bounty policy. Uh, because I'm sure the local police officers who often have to work second jobs, about every officer I know works what they refer to as seconds. They all have to have a second job in their off hours working security or whatever happens to be to pay their bills and, and you know, bring home enough money to support their families. That's insane. So I, I'm all for the bounty idea. Let's bring it back and let's let's bump it up. Let's make it. A hundred bucks a person or, or 150 for everyone you find and detain. And if you find a family of 10, guess what? You've just paid for next summer's vacation. Have you, have, has Trump at all tossed that idea out? No, I'm, I'm sure. Could you imagine 
the ACLU getting their hands on that one. We will not pay a bounty on human beings. That's not what this is about. The point is let's incentivize law enforcement to find people who are breaking the law, uh, who legally are not allowed to be here because clearly ICE is overwhelmed. The Customs and Border Protection is overwhelmed. They don't have the manpower or the woman power, if you're if you're not allowed to say that uh, these days, um, to to go up and round up seven million people mm-hmm. because that's been the goal of the left. Let's bring so many of them in that it'll be impossible to get rid of them, and then we'll push for amnesty. Yeah, and then we'll have an extra five million voters who will support. The, our party who let him break in in the first place. Yeah. That's absolutely what it's about. No, I agree. It, it's a numbers issue. All right, Carl, Cardinals care. You're reminding me here, Carl, that I need to give away some you Cardinals warm-up. I'm trying to keep you honest. Mark. I know, I know. Winter warm-up tickets. Uh, Kim, pick the number. What 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 call are we giving How you? How about uh, nine? All right, caller nine to 314-241-9797. And uh, you can uh, win a pair of tickets to the winter warm-up coming up January 13th to the 15th at Ballpark Village. Good luck to you, and we'll see you back here in just a minute. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.